Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. David and Before I want to let started, everyone let's explain why, why we do what we do. Started this podcast Think about what a brand actually is. It's what others say about you and your organization after you leave the room. And we want to protect that reputation. Data breaches literally destroy brands that have been around for generations. We've seen it with our own eyes. When trust is broken, brands are severely damaged and often irreparably. If you take pride and joy in your brand, which you should, because it's everything that matters, then take the necessary steps to protect it from cyber threats. A data breach is a breach of trust. So come talk to us at All Company. We have a national footprint with local offices to help keep your brand in business. It's your brand. Protect it. As the other day on one of my many Zooms, I started looking at myself on the screen. I'm like, yeah, you were, you're uh, very big in the screen. Yeah. <laughs> You're like very, I, I gained a right couple pounds during COVID, but it was nothing like what the screen reflected. So now you've got the whole, you got, you got like Brandology cups in the back and everything. Yeah. So there's I a dig it. Look at top. that. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Very, very good. Uh, fantastic. Okay. Well, welcome everyone to Brandology podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow. In the studio today is the illustrious Mark Mosher. Mark, how are you, man? I'm I'm good today. I'm really yeah? Good. yeah, 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 yeah. Even though I, I I beat you up a little bit yesterday, still yeah, good. Yeah. Still bruised. licking your wounds a little. A little bloody, but yeah, for the most part, I'm good. Good, good. We were talking before the show how I had uh, called Mark to task in front of some people, and it was pretty interesting because he's usually my little brother, and I usually protect him from people, and in- instead I turned around and smacked him a little. Yeah, so it's all fun. That's yeah. good. I wouldn't be a big brother if I didn't do that. No, you would so be in the studio today, we're very excited. Uh, Kristen Lynch, welcome. Thank you. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here. I appreciate it. Well, that's great. We're, we're very honored to have you. So let's start right from the top. Tell us kind of, you know, who you are, where you're, where you're working, and what, what, all, uh, what all it is that you guys do. Sure. sure. Um, so again, my name's Kristen Lynch. I'm a senior financial advisor with a team called Jennings and Associates. Uh, we're an independent firm located in very Western Kentucky, uh, Paducah, Kentucky. Yep. So we handle and help people understand their financial goals, uh, namely in retirement, and how in which to pursue retirement and their goals thereafter, and use their finances as that tool and driver to get to their next steps. So that's primarily our focus, and then helping um, people cast a vision for their life as they grow their financial wealth and understand how and which to use it in the best ways. That's great. 
So, can I ask you why? Why did you go into financial planning? Like, what? What oh. drew? Like, did you grow up? It, did you, was your dad in a CPA or like what? What got? What got yeah. you into that? Uh, it, it, I didn't want to do this at all. It was oh, okay. abjectly against it. Yeah. Um, so I started to act. Yeah, it's really it, it's not as interesting as the story, but I did start in banking when I was eighteen, okay. and mainly I just needed to work to get through college. Sure. Um, you know, it was, I got to pay for college and I was thinking how's the quickest way yep. to do that. And I worked at a local bank. Yep. Luckily when I graduated college, um, without, it was not a finance degree to, to add to that. What'd you, what'd you study in school? It was marketing. Business oh, marketing. wow. Okay. Yeah. You, to, uh, you were Murray State racing? Murray State. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, I picked business marketing and then I, just in the banking industry, I kind of, I got into the fact of enjoying talking to people mm-hmm. um, and just helping them in some form or fashion. And of course, money is probably the most stressful uh, of any situations people are dealing with. Mm-hmm. So it was really natural for me to try to help them calm down and figure out what we could do to help on the banking side. Uh, through a couple of years, I met my now CEO and an owner of this company who became my mentor. And really said, you know, I think you have the ability to do this work. Um, it's not just math. It's not yeah. just picking investments. It's actually, that's the smallest part of it. The biggest part is helping people and helping them understand what their goals are. Right, to really so understand was, where, they're, where they're at, where they want yeah. to go, and then how do you put the pieces together to get them there? Exactly. Uh, building that puzzle became really interesting for me. And it wasn't... Anything to do with math, but it was a hundred percent the people that drew me to that. So mentorship is so important. I no, mean, I to ask about that. yeah, that's. Oh, I can't say um, I would not be doing what I'm doing or here where if it wasn't for the mentors that I've had. Mm-hmm. I was one of the lucky ones. You know, I think people talk mm-hmm. about it now as they want to find a mentor, but how do you seek that out? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like randomly message people on LinkedIn? Uh, do you, sometimes it's so that works. Hard. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes that actually works. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when you're in a small town like ours, it was very much limited on mm-hmm. uh, leadership and and where to go for that. And I was a kid, so Did you grow up there too. So you're born yes, and raised locally. There? Um, I was about 30 minutes outside of town in a okay. really really remote area. Okay. So when I got into the business. Um, I got into a management trainee program where they were going to teach us about financial counseling. Hmm. And it was this, this guy, Keith, uh, my mentor, he said, you know, you, you really need to hone these skills. And he kind of started down that path. And I'm just lucky enough that uh, he helped and spent time with me. And through that, I've met several more and people throughout. And then I just started seeking out people on the internet. You know, I mean, it's all free. You can search right. a million videos nowadays if you're willing to do the work to look for them. So, you heard it here first. People. Right. The internet is free. The internet. We heard is it from amazing. a financial advisor <laughs> that it's free. This is yeah, the best free internet. advice. Is going to come from the internet. internet. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did um, your first mentor? Um, we see a lot of different mentors um, with all the leaders that we that we talk with and speak with. And some of them seem to have different styles in their mentorship. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about your mentor's uh, style or leadership or what the culture was? Maybe a little bit about that. Sure. Um, 
So first I became an assistant for the, the department in which um, he worked. So a working alongside your mentor was the ideal. You know, you got to interact daily, um, but the jobs were very different. So uh, I would say a lot of the style was first building a friendship in which you can start to trust that person. Right. And you can't necessarily take advice from a mentor unless you feel like they have your best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. And right. I really felt like that. I felt like uh, this person was leading me to a path that would better me. Um, and, and then it was, as that grew, it became more and more apparent that we were helping each other. Um, he wanted to start a business and I was the person who could could help with some of that work. And, um, and to this day, we're still probably best friends and um, our families are friends and we, we still, we fight like, you know, brother and sister do, but it started to, the style was very much intentional with time right. and it took time, but it, it absolutely, and that's how it's been. It taught me that I have to always be a mentor to others and I still seek out other mentorship from other people. So it's a constant evolution that we've developed. Well, and I, I think that there's certain aspects of being a mentor, right? Mm -hmm. There's providing knowledge and skill in sure. whatever industry that you're in. But there's also, there's exposing someone to the professional network that they have. There's providing like encouragement, right? There's helping advise them along the way, you know, and then there's different types of mentors. It's kind of like managers and leaders, right? I think a mentor is much more of a leader. It's really yes. not a manager. It's not somebody yeah. that is gonna micromanage you and tell you to do a task and then you do a task and they'll either right. give you a check or a negative or whatever. Mm -hmm. it's, it's more leadership. It's more about like giving you, empowering you to do what you want to do, mm -hmm. opening up doors for you, right? Showing right. you some best practices and then letting you go. And then if you get off of the rails, tapping you back in line so that you can just keep moving down the right path. Yeah, Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think yeah, it's really just a kind of a natural progression of good leadership, right? Mm -hmm. Like it just, it kind of lends, it kind of evolves into the mentorship piece um, because I think a, a true leader, a good and effective leader, um, they put the other person's interests ahead of their own. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, and yes. I think I think there's benefits for the mentor. I mean, it's not just one-sided yeah, yeah. because a mentors get to you know, um, not only say that they were a mentor to somebody successful, but it broadens their network. Um, mm -hmm. It gives them a sense of like fulfillment and growth. There's a whole right. bunch of things, right? Well, and I think when you mentor, you teach. And right. when you teach, you learn. Yeah, and exactly. There right. is a constant, um, as I've begun to mentor others and teach others, I, I'm finding that when I'm in the process of what I think I'm doing, teaching someone else, I'm rethinking and relearning other habits and and other activities that maybe I've veered from or that I could serve from. And those are really important uh, leadership qualities. And, and leadership is an action, it's not a noun. Leadership is is building and motivating and inspiring and empowering. Uh, like you said, it's not managing necessarily to say, you need to do this, it's find your way, find your path and maybe try these habits and tactics. That's yeah. great. So leadership is a, is a verb and not a noun, I like that. Yeah. Because Mark keeps telling me things when we play trivia. He keeps telling me like Gillette is a verb and he doesn't understand the question. And I'm like, no, it's not. That's a noun. And so right. leadership is actually a verb. It's an exactly. action. 
So I'm yes. just trying Webster's to coach him. I'm trying to be that mentor. I'm trying to be that mentor for Mark. So right. he gets that. All right. Go ahead, Mark. You want to say something? No, it was uh, that actually comes from one of my uh, all time favorite, very deep and philosophical movies that I appreciate and watch often. Uh, Ricky Bobby. Alladega Nights. So. <laughs> That's what he tells him his, his new uh, his new race car team name is Magic Man, and he said, "Man, that's cool. It's a verb. It rhymes. <laughs> it's a verb. <laughs> and it rhymes." Oh, uh, sorry. He brings up he brings up Talladega Nights in our meetings often. So yeah, awesome. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Hey, Mark, are you excited about this twenty twenty one Female Leadership Summit? Oh, David, this is going to be incredible. I can't wait. I am, I am really pumped about it. The 2021 Brandology Female Leadership Summit is going to be your opportunity to access a wealth of leadership insight from a world-class faculty we've put together, ready to equip and inspire you regardless of your field or industry. Yeah, so each chosen leader will provide a short you know, five to 10 minute presentation on culture, on leadership, and practical ways to help you succeed. Um, there will also be a panel discussion on hot topics. Uh, the belief female leadership matters is more important today than ever before. Absolutely. That's why the 2021 Brandology Female Leadership Summit will give you access to this unique group of world-class faculty who will share their distinct perspectives, inspiring and equipping you with practical skills you can use right away. So don't miss the 2021 Female Leadership Summit only on Brandology Podcast. So subscribe and download the episodes to be notified of this upcoming event. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you. So let me ask you, let, let me ask you this. It, it, what initiatives are you kind of working on now? Like what, what is, like, is there anything, especially in light of COVID, has anything changed? Is there anything that you're very passionate about doing other than your individual clients, obviously, helping sure. them? But is there any like an initiative? Yeah, actually we are, uh, I'm uniquely interested in, and really passionate about helping people define goals and how to turn those goals into daily activities that will then continue to create momentum. Um, goals and goal setting and, and daily habits are probably my love language and that has been something that I've noticed, especially through COVID, as I've coached a couple businesses and um, leaders lately, it's a paralyzing event. And if you don't have good daily habits and you don't have really specific goals, you'll completely throw your hands up. Right. And what we've seen through this is those people who've created success have been really focused on, nope, I'm going to keep doing my daily habits, regardless of the, the environment around me has changed. Right continuing those daily habits. So that's become a real second passion of how can we continue to help people understand one, how to set a goal. I think that's difficult. Right. And then how to take a big goal and break that down into a daily activity. Yeah, we do that at our job, right? We, we yeah. create what we call rocks, right? And it's something that can't be done in a week, but needs to be done at the end of the quarter, right? After okay. three months. And so what is that? It might be a professional development certification. It might be attaining a certain metric in service delivery, sales, whatever it might be. Okay. But, uh, and then we break that down into 
weekly scorecards, beating are we on track, off track, monthly, things like that. Love that. Yeah, I think if you don't track, uh, we say it with finance all the time, if you don't track it, you lack it. If you don't right. know where your cash is, if you don't know where your money is, you're not going to have any. Right. And that goes with goal setting. If you're not tracking what you're doing, when you're doing, how would you ever expect to lose weight? How would you right. ever expect to run a race or, or, so or create? Mark, Mark we need to start tracking it. That's why we don't have any. <laughs> we well, just no, learned I, that. I think the, the goal setting piece is, is so true. And it, and it doesn't have to be, you know, like big visions of grandeur type goals, but you've got to do that daily. you got to have some type of daily goal. You've got to get moving. You've got to be yep. towards something, right? Right. And I think that's the biggest thing that people get hung up on is they do think it has to be something huge. Um, and I talked to, you know, a stay-at-home mom that is, you know, struggling to figure out how to virtual learn with her kids. I mean, other than wine, what is the answer for that? Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm that's, not sure. Because I do it. Um, and I do it with myself almost in a competitive way. Like, okay, what are you going to do today? All right, well, you know what? I'll get up 10 minutes earlier than I did yesterday and I'll make my bed before I brush my teeth. Bet you can't do it. And, you know, and it, but it's something yeah. that gets you out of the blocks. It gets you. Right. Um, I don't remember what book it was that uh, I read. So a train leaving the station um, can actually be stopped in its tracks completely with a small piece of wood with a two by four. But that same two by four, once the train's got momentum and moving, the train will never know it's on the tracks. So same thing with your goals. If you don't have something to get you out of the gate, to get you moving, to get that momentum, any little thing is going to hold you back and keep you stationary. I love that. That is exactly, I, I wrote an article recently about the morning miracle routine, because if you create your morning routine to be um, really diligent and you can create success in a morning routine, you, you own the day. It, but you, you, exactly to your point, you've got to start with little wins yep. in the morning and hold yourself accountable. And then all of a sudden you'll see throughout the day you've stacked up a successful Are you like night. part of like a, do you do a thing like at 5 a.m., 4 a.m., stuff like that? 4 a.m. club. Oh, yes. that was you. Um, like, yeah. Yeah. That's I started, right. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's great. I, I do a ton of that. I'm, I love getting up super, I know it sounds insane. But sounds crazy. Up, but, it, but once you do it and you get going, mm -hmm. the rest of the day, like, I mean, bad things can happen at work and you're just like, okay, we'll just break it down. Right. We'll right. handle it. Like, it's just, like, I've been going for 12 hours already. Folks, yeah. like, it's okay. Like, you just... Well, and to that, I, I teach um, I teach a fitness class. So it's at 4.15 in the morning. And wow. everybody wow. said... When I, when I started, they said, there's first of all, no one will show up. No one will show up, sure. And then they said, um, you know, no, you'll, you'll be so tired by three, you'll be worthless. No, I've never I have more energy. I have yeah. more energy. Yeah, the opposite is true. My class is sold out. Yeah. Um, there is not, there is a ton of, and there's just some amazing women. And I say every morning, Absolutely. Um, you've already done the hardest thing today. This is the yeah. hardest thing you will do all day is get yourself up and get up here before the rest of the world wakes up, there's nothing else you can accomplish today. And you get the hardest part over, right? Because usually for most people, the hardest part is working out. So you yeah. get that part over with, and you're like, oh, the rest of the day is just sitting at my desk. Absolutely. Or like I going mean, up and standing up at a whiteboard and presenting to somebody, okay. Yeah, there's you nothing that? else you can't handle if you can do that. Right. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic.
So let me ask you, as you talked about mentorship and things like that, what's like one thing that you wish you'd known before you started your career? That's a great question. Yeah, not on the list. (laughs) But I think those are, it took me years to believe in the mindsets in which I could control my outcomes. I always was brought up in the in the world of you just have to grind it out. You got to work the eight to five job and you just have to be patient and you have to wait. And then when you've worked 40 years, you'll get your you'll get your you know certificate or gold watch and then you've made it. And I always thought, well, that sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds like a terrible life. It sounds, it sounds like a terrible. life of an attorney. Yeah, yeah it doesn't terrible. it? Does. Yeah, it sounds terrible. But, I didn't know any different. You know, my parents came, they worked, they just, they worked, they didn't have anything. They were wonderful parents, but they sure didn't have anything. And I remember thinking, well, that's my only option. So as I, I wish I would have learned early on, I wish somebody would have whispered in my ear, hey, guess what? You can create the success you want and you can do it today. And every single day, it's about finding a, defining success on your terms. And that was something that I just didn't believe I had the power to do. I, I no one told me, no one um, preached, no one said you can create your own success. It was just you're you're at everyone else's mercy. And it took me too long to figure that out. I, I wish people would uh, embrace that sooner, namely women. I think a, a lot of people, a lot of girls, are brought up to please other people, and it was real interesting for me that oh, I can learn to to just focus on my growth and and how I can turn that around. Um, what kind of what advice would you give to somebody that was kind of wanting to start out in that? I mean, is there a do you start out in a certain role, um, or would it or would you recommend finding a mentor first? Like, how how would do you mean for for like our industry? Yeah, for of, your industry. Yeah. I'm talking about well, like if, if if there's somebody who's in their 20s and they mm-hmm. just don't know what they want to do, but maybe they're good at accounting or they're Maybe they they have a marketing degree and they just don't sure. know if that's what they want to do, like, like right? Right. I I think for our industry, it's really um, the industry really focuses on making this really complex, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of barriers to entry. There's there's licensing. There's a lot of fear around how you become a financial advisor. So I think people don't do it for that reason. And what I would tell somebody is, it's so simple. If you could get into an office in which you just start to absorb, and it, it would have, you know, I would lean towards an independent firm that has the ability to make their decisions and controls locally where they are and absorb the information of how we help people. Uh, skills can be taught, the knowledge can be learned, you can take a test. But I, I really believe this industry will continue to mold where maybe those things aren't necessary because giving advice and learning how to advise people on, on their finances, uh, the investments themselves are a commodity. That mm-hmm. That's something you can Google it. Like we've right. already established the internet exactly. has free information. Right. Exactly. It's cheap. <laughs> uh, but the, the idea of how to create a relationship with people, how to serve your clients, that's the stuff you can only learn in an office. And that's the stuff that I think is the most valuable. 
that's a good segue. Um, I think now, David, how about uh, how about a little trivia? Oh, I like that idea. Um, oh. That's okay with you, Christian? Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll do a little brand culture trivia. Okay. Um, we're going to play the intro right now, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to do some questions. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely. The rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want, and the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. What is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. But we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. And we're back. Okay, so we're going to start with brand culture trivia. Here, it's going to be you against Mark. Okay. And we are playing for big bucks, 14,864 Brandology bucks, which you can Google on the free internet, and they are worth a lot, a lot of money. I'm going to say I'm going to say a company slogan. You guys are going to give me a brand or product name. For example, Just Do It would be Nike, right? Got milk. Uh, Dairy Association, Breakfast of Champions, Weeds, things like that. Okay. Guys, ready? Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got some good ones. My, uh, I've got a whole group of green men over there, men and women, men and women, men and women. It's a whole team of them. And they uh, create all this massive database for me that I'm looking at right now. Okay, so here is one. Should be pretty easy. Here's the slogan. You guys tell me the brand or product name. Good to the last drop. Uh, Skittles. No. Skittles. Good to the last drop. Have you ever had Skittles? Uh, I don't know. You can't Google oh, the uh, answers. Can't Google. <laughs> Hands above the board. Good to the last drop. Sounds like a... It's a drink. Is it sun drop? No. Keep going. Good. What is it? LA. No. It's a form of a morning beverage. Uh, Orange juice. Folgers. Close. Maxwell House. Yes. Okay. Right. Congratulations. I'm a Folgers girl. I didn't know that one. I'm I'm a Folgers guy. So so, but Maxwell House is the blue with the cup. Yeah. Good to the last round. Okay. It is one to nothing, Mark. I expected more out of you. Here we go. Let's do this. The snack that smiles back. Nachos. I've heard this commercial. The snack that smiles back. Come on. Pringles. Nope. Good guess, though, Mark. 
Yeah. You know how you make the little duck lips with the Pringles? <laughs> yeah, that's good. All I could see, okay, there's um, actually some rationale behind that answer. The snack that smiles back. The brands. This goes to show you my horrible choices of snacks. So if you teach a fitness class, you're probably not yeah. eating too many of these things. Okay, okay so it's, it's, it's probably dong. delicious then. It's probably really good. Ho-hos, ding-dongs. It's the snack uh, that smiles back. Reese Snickers. Uh, totally. All right, I'm gonna hold this. Is it one. like gummy bears or? Oh, yep, it's close. Liquid. The answer is goldfish crackers. Uh, goldfish crackers. Uh, okay. All right. I told you I was bad at this. That's okay. That's okay. We'll give you one that's more in your realm, rather than junk food, to somebody that teaches a fitness class. Um. Yeah. What's in your wallet? Oh, MasterCard. No. Or Capital One. Yes. That mark you didn't even get an answer out. Yeah, that one that one I know. That one I can get. Alright. You didn't even, you didn't get an answer out. It's two to nothing, Mark. Well she's in the finance business. I don't, don't know. Don't make me yeah, the first one was about coffee. Yeah, if you did junk food, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. All right, do another junk food one. All right. <laughs> Let me see what I can do. Do a Talladega Nights one. He'll get it. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that'll probably miss it. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, <laughs> oh, this is fun. This is good. All right. Bet you can't eat just one. Skittles. Lay's potato chips. Oh my gosh, she crushed you. Congratulations. Yes. Wow. Holy I would kill for some wow. lace potato chips right now. That was really good. <laughs> she didn't even guess like Jays or other types of potato chips or kettle That's chips. Yeah. The exact brand right away. It was, uh, that was bad. Okay. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, Mark, Mark, please tell our contestant what she won. Oh, 16,487 Brandology points. Which, I can't wait. Oh, they can be redeemed. Well, you might have to, the uh, e-commerce. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm telling you, once it's... once it's, uh, is up. One of our main things is like a year subscription to the gym that you teach at. And there you go. And then the other <laughs> thing is is a uh, helicopter. We have convertible Jags, convertible yeah. Bentleys, a whole bunch of stuff, but... I'm redeeming immediately. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's. Yeah, the site's down. The yeah. site's oh. down. But other than that, it's 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 really good. Okay, I'll hold my breath when that's ready. <laughs> yeah. so, hey, everybody! Uh, Mark and I are really excited about the upcoming episode with Brian Scudamore, CEO and founder of One Eight Hundred Got Junk and many other brands. He is well known. He's been on Oprah. He's been in Forbes magazine. He's written Wall Street Journal articles. You know his brands. We can't wait for you to meet him and have access to all of his wisdom in terms of culture and branding. As always, thank you for listening. And please don't forget to subscribe and download all of our episodes so that you get notice. And don't miss the upcoming episode with Brian Scudamore. Let's get back to the, uh, let's get back to the discussion about leadership and mentorship and things like that. Um, how do you, what's the culture like in your organization that you, you know, that's set from your mentor and your leadership team? Like, what's the culture like? 
culture is a big deal for us. We started this company independently. The mentor I had actually said, I want to run a company. I want to have my own company that in which we create our own culture. Uh, we serve the way we want to serve. We lead the way we want to lead. And, and that's been really a driver in our fulfillment and our work. So our culture is centered around each other and it's really centered around growth and also gratitude. So I think what we figured out is always chasing the next achievement, whether that be your company's growth or profit, those are important, you need that. But learning how to be really grateful for the days that you have, for, for the moments we do have, has become the, the double um, fulfillment to what we needed. So we are really high achievers. We are always looking for personal development. We read books together. We share podcasts like we trade. Every single day we're trading a, a piece of information to grow each other personally or professionally. Um, and then we're always coming back down to, now what are we grateful for? Because we have so much that we appreciate today. That doesn't mean we don't want to grow and, and we don't want to be better tomorrow. So those are two pieces of the culture we've created. And we have a That's team great. of eight to 10 people that we're, we're working on how to constantly be seeking out growth in their own personal way. That's excellent. I mean, do, do you find that then you don't have as much of a struggle, if any, when you have to ask people to go above and beyond the regular? Yeah, I think because, you know, because in any job in any industry there are those days. Sure. When you're like you either have to work longer or this meeting's gonna be really uncomfortable. Or yeah. it's outside the normal, right? It's sure. outside the regular standard day. And um, I find that, you know, when we've had employees that are just here for the paycheck and we don't train them and we don't empower them and we don't really, you know, build them up for themselves you know, not thinking of ourselves, but thinking of just them. Right. That um, then there's resistance to those days, right? Absolutely. It's, yeah. You know? if, and we, they don't make it long. Uh, right. We've had, we tell them up front, if, if you're not interested in your own personal growth right. and setting your own goals and growing into the, whatever that might be, it does not have to be a financial advisor, but if you don't have something you're growing towards, you will not like it here because we're gonna push and pull and prod until we get it. Now, that might be that you wanna run a marathon and you wanna work in our office, well, that's fine. But if you wanna run a marathon, we're gonna help you also on that road. And we're gonna help you figure out what, what are you doing? And, and sure, because if it's a good personal goal to them, then it's yeah. part of their whole being. And it's it is, of, it's part and we of wanna everything. support that in any way we can. We laugh and we tease each other. We say we have a salad culture Right. Um, now today there's cupcakes out there, of course, but our salad culture is pretty much every day this group's eating a salad. Yeah. And it's not that we don't love a cheeseburger or we don't have a pizza right. every now and then, but we know that a few people have goals in which they are centered around health and we want to support them. Uh, so we try to do that internally. That's fantastic. Well, that, that goes back to really one of the fundamental beliefs that David and I, that when you take and put the right people in the right seats, which it sounds like you guys do at the, the very initial onset, um, that it leads to a positive culture. And then when you have that positive culture and business is growing, when you when you do have to ask things outside the norm, it's not even really an ask. It's, you know, 
from their end, it's okay. What do I need to do to, to help everybody else? You know, it's not your, your, approaching them like hey look i'm gonna need you know to, to probably grind it out till 6 30 today instead they're looking at the day saying hey you know what? i bet if we work till 6 30 i bet we can get this knocked out you know what? Just, yeah really right. it's just a, it's 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 a team approach as opposed yeah. to them thinking of their own personal convenience or culture yeah. or, absolutely or, the teams that we created um were big believers in servant leadership mm-hmm. and if i can serve the lowest of the team in any way or um it's always looking for ways in which to bring them up and in which to grow them and their value. And they, there's nothing that not one of us would do for each other. And you could call any of us on a Saturday at two o'clock and we're going to show up. Um, It's just how we built this culture and how we believe. And there's nothing that comes ahead of that. That's great. You know, and it, it does because, uh, well, David and I, we had a, you know, we're in cybersecurity and we had a, uh, a client come to us with some needs and we had some problems and they had things they were going through and they needed needed our aid. And it was it was on a weekend and it lasted all weekend. And at 930 on Sunday night, we're jumping on a Zoom. You know, the only thing I'm worried about is, you know, do I, do I have salsa on my shirt? Right. Change my shirt, you know? Right. It was, that was the only question that crossed my mind. Yeah, we were just, we were just impressed that we had like collared shirts on. For that <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like starting a meeting at 930 on a Sunday night after a long meeting, after a long yeah. weekend of trying to remediate cybersecurity stuff was sure quite a but, yeah, I think, that, and you know, that's the thing with culture. And that's why we think culture is so big is because when you get, it sounds like the culture that you guys have, business just grows. You know, it, one leads to the other, I, or at least I believe. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. We, If you're focused on your own personal growth and you're, everybody in our, our office is focused on their own path and trajectory of growth, you can't help but, but grow as a business. The, the best of us and the worst of us will always be pushing towards the next day. If you're a little bit better tomorrow than you were today, you can't help but see rewards in that in your business. It's all about your inputs. The outcomes will be there. Mm-hmm. Did you guys go remote at all? We COVID did hit? not. Uh, we, yeah. we had the opportunity and we have said you can at any time if you need to. We don't have to based on the way this office is structured oh there's so enough just, space there yeah like there's okay so everybody's yeah, got, so got their own there's plenty of space area and everything so mm-hmm. they're kind of fine yeah yes everything worked out fine now we all have kids and they're right. young so there's been days and times in which we've had to work out how to do virtual learning mm-hmm. you know i might have to be at home with my son on zoom with a meeting and he's on his zoom classroom at the same table but we've that's been few and far between, and we're really lucky in that. For the most part, we've made it every day here in the office. Now, client meetings, whereas we're typically meeting with clients every day, we switched those to remote, and we uh, did all of our client meetings, went to virtual or phone almost immediately, but we are still, we're now seeing occasionally those change. We've just had to change in the ways in which we do it. That's good. Let me ask you this, if in a year from now you look back, and you go, well, this year was really amazing, right? What couple things would have to happen to make you feel that way? Obviously, it all started with Brandology Podcast. We know that. Obviously. Obviously. That was officially the year. It took off from right. there. It shot, 
shot up from there. But I mean, if if a year from now you look back, what what couple things would have to happen to make you feel that way? Well, 2020, obviously everybody has the the memes and the events of how horrible this year is. And um, I set goals just like everybody else. At beginning of the year, I said, this is what I'm going to accomplish this year. And from about April to May, uh, June, I was like everybody else. Just mm-hmm. screw it. I don't, you want to eat Pop-Tarts, you, you do whatever you want to do. I don't care. But about June, I decided that 2020 wasn't going to be remembered for all the horrible events. It was going to be made up of adventures and experiences that when my family, when my son, when my husband and I look back, we're going to say that was an awesome, amazing year. So I went in immediately and reset all the things and goals. And we do that as a family. We do that as an office. And I put in specific events that were going to happen this year that I could control had nothing to do with the environment, had nothing to do with the pandemic. Um, I decided to go skydiving. It's been on my bucket list. So I did that. I can control that. So for me, this year is more about if I can look back in a year, it's about stacking up successful experiences and moments every single day. That's going to make my great year. I make a promise to myself every day when I write down in my journal, my goals and my, um, top priorities for the day. Those are promises I make to myself. And if I can do that every day, those days stack up to weeks, to months, to a year of really success for me. Um, So that's been my take on 2020. I want to make sure it's remembered as the year my son says, you know, that's the year we did this vacation. That's the year we did a camping trip. That's the year mom skydived and, you know, all these things that we can still control. We can still really make a great year. Well, that's some really good advice. Thank you for sharing that. That uh, I know the listeners will really get a lot out of that. Well, as we wrap up, and, and thanks again for being on with us and sharing. Sure, that. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been fun. Really um, I always have a question at the end I like to ask just because the responses vary so greatly. Um, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? I don't have a good answer for that. I, I was... <laughs> I was wanted to be everything and I, I was one of those people that probably didn't have a clue. Right. Um, I think some people immediately know where they're supposed to be. I had no idea. Um, my mom was a teacher and I thought, well, maybe I should be a teacher. And then I realized I really don't like Good that at all. With children are not, mine is great. Um, I don't like some of the other ideas that people, everybody had these ideas. I want to be president. I want to be a teacher, I want to be a lawyer. I just didn't relate to any of that. As I grew up and I got into college, it was more, where do I fit? I was probably Mm. much longer into, I don't know where I fit. I don't know Mm. what calls to me. And it wasn't until I got into public service in some form through the financial industry that I started to find my voice. And I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of kids out there that probably don't have a real calling towards anything, and they, they're kind of told they're supposed to. Right. So as a little girl, it was probably, I felt like I was the weird kid that didn't know what she wanted. It felt like everybody else did. But as I grew up, I had learned that I can do anything I want to do. Yeah. And I hope that people will tell that now to their children. You can do anything you want to do. It's about finding your calling and your purpose. And I've noticed as I've gotten older, I've honed that in into people. 
And for me, it's helping empower and develop people in their financial lives, or maybe it's in their goal setting and how they can achieve more. And I hope that that will empower some little girls to say, I can do whatever I want. And the world is mine. That's great. That's excellent. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. All right. Um, Yeah, thank you again for being on. And and this won't be the last time we talk, definitely. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. You guys do a great job. Yeah, and I want to rematch on uh, on trivia. Dude, it wasn't even close. There's not even a reason for a rematch. (laughs) No no Talladega Nights, no junk food talk. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll we'll, we'll do that. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And um, uh, we look forward to seeing you also on the uh, uh, Female Leadership Summit. So, yeah. um, thank you so much for lending your, your your words and your inspiration to everybody. Appreciate so, it. All right. We'll all see right. You, Thanks, Kristen. Thank Bye. you, guys. Mark and I want to take a moment and thank everyone that listens and subscribes to our podcast. It means a lot. We're truly trying to make this one that we ourselves would find interesting and find entertaining. Um, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas for subjects, great brands that have risen and fallen, great case studies, or fantastic guests that you'd like to see, please reach out to us, brandologypodcaststaff at gmail.com. That's brandologypodcaststaff at gmail.com. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, Unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 